You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. On this episode of American Girl Women, we are joined by Jenna Rice. Originally from Woodbridge, Connecticut, Jenna now lives in Brooklyn with her objectively beautiful cat Bowie and just received her master's degree in food studies. Growing up, Jenna appreciated more artistic pursuits and could usually be found reading, drawing, dreaming of unicorns, and writing her very own historic fiction, which we will definitely get into later on in this episode. Jenna was a Felicity girl and loved the historic books and of course the catalog, but let's hear it from her. Jenna, welcome to AGW. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Jenna, we are so excited to have you. Thank you. Full disclosure to our listeners, Jenna, you and I have been best friends for over 20 years, but we met when we were 13. So (laughs) that is a bit past our American Girl days. And while I know that we both had Felicity and have bonded over that, I don't think we've ever truly talked about this in any particular depth um, on what our experiences are with American Girl. So I am particularly excited to have you on today. So let's start off with the basics. What was your earliest (laughs) memory of American Girl? How old were you and how were you first introduced? So it must have been early elementary school. I would think maybe like seven or eight I was reading that I think Felicity must have come out in 1990. I can recall seeing the American Girl catalog back when it was just the original gals, which I think now are are called the historic collection. And I remember looking through seeing Felicity and thinking that she was living my dream, which was having her own lamb. Like that was (laughs) my... Like she had achieved such, like she had her own lamb. What was it? Posy? It was Posy. And so, yeah, that was the thing where I was like, huh, I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Our interests in lambs aligned because growing up, I had a favorite stuffed animal that was a lamb that I was given, I think when I was two that I still have now, but I was like, oh, she likes them too. Like we could be friends. <laughs> It's so funny to me that the poorly proportioned lamb was what drew you to Felicity. We were talking with another (laughs) guest about how like sometimes the animals are not quite proportionate to the dolls when you see them in the catalog. Like I think compared to um, the lamb, Felicity is like giant. Yes. (laughs) I was like, wow, she has like the most miniature cute little lamb. Yeah, I world. have to say, Posey is really adorable. That was something I definitely owned. I had Posey, I had her birthday <laughs> outfit. And that was like one of the few like accessories that I had for my Felicity. But I'm with you on that, Jen. I, I love Posey. I'm into that lamb. <laughs> yeah. 
that's that's what did it for me (laughs) can I ask both of you just a general question about how you like play with the lamb with Felicity like (laughs) what what are like the like ways in which you can play because like I get like the American girl horse you can kind of like put the girl on the horse and like that's cute and like the dog like you can kind of like give it like put it on the leash but like how does one like play with the lamb (laughs) with the doll great question that I don't is. even remember playing with the lamb it was more so like a diorama-esque play I guess like just having her in the scene my memory of Posey was that she was kind of like hard like she wasn't a, like, mm-hmm. a, like a stuffed animal like hard velvet right like like a velour <laughs> what were you yeah. doing with Posey <laughs> So I think this was around the same time where I was also playing with horse figurines. So I think I I may have introduced Posey to the horse figurines. But I think with Felicity, Posey would just stand next to Felicity. For support. Yeah. <laughs> emotional support lamb. Yeah, her emotional support lamb. What a lucky girl. <laughs> That's true. Were you reading Felicity's books before you got her or after? What was your experience with the books? I'm pretty sure I read the books after I was gifted Felicity. And then I think it opened up more of like her depth of character. Cause you know, initially it was really just because of the lamb, but then I realized that there were character traits of hers that I actually admired. And then I don't know that I necessarily read about, I think it must've been during the the time too. I probably discovered little house on the prairie. I feel like Louisa May Alcott books, Little House on the Prairie, and Anne of Green Gables all kind of like fit into the American Girl sort of adjacent universe where like if you liked one, like you probably had a peaked interest in another one because they Mm -hmm. were all kind of like the same like extremely sweet, like very like strong girl characterization vibe. Yes, that's so true. And like, oh yeah, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Mm-hmm. Like I had really, I was trying to remember, I was like, who wrote Little House on the Prairie? I was also getting into that. I think it all happened around the same time. And it was these female characters that did not necessarily fit into like the idea of like society's gender norms at the time, like from, you know, the time it was written to current to now. And it was something that I found some comfort in when I was growing up. Yeah. I feel like as a young girl, it's not often I feel like that you had like I mean we had like books like I don't know if you guys were like into like babysitters club or books like Mm -hmm. that but those were like so starkly different from like an American girl or like little house on the prairie or Anne of Green Gables because I feel like the like type of books we're talking about had like a a little bit more like substance to them like they were Mm -hmm. a little bit more to grab onto and you got to learn about history too which yeah it's always cool it's it sounds like the historical aspect was definitely a draw for you yeah yeah definitely and I'm trying to recall like I don't know about you two if it was like Louisa May Alcott first or if it was you know American Girl Dolls because I actually don't know who wrote the American Girl series I know there was one particular there was a bunch of Felicity Mysteries that one particular female author wrote but I don't know who wrote the others yeah, there were many authors. There were many. I know. I wonder how you get into that role. Like, how do you get, how do I get that job? Right. Yeah. That is your dream role. Wait, so yeah. how, old were you, how old were you, Jenna, when you got your first American Girl doll? Maybe seven or eight. Did your parents gift her to you? Yeah, I think she was a Hanukkah gift. 
did you like put the like thought in their head like I really want this or was it something that like sort of because like I feel like some moms were like already tuned in to American Girl Mm -hmm. and had it on the brain like so they like took initiative or or was it something that you were like no I've like I've seen the lamb I like what I see and I'd like to get this (laughs) for Hanukkah oh you're you're good no my mom I think it was my mom had it on her radar my mom likes collectible items I think she brought it up and like showed me the catalog I had Felicity my sister had Kirsten. I remember my mom being like, I'm going to get Samantha. And then she didn't. And I remember like Samantha to be her American Girl doll. That is adorable. <laughs> Wait, so your sister is two years younger. So if you're getting your Felicity at age seven or eight, your sister Hillary was a bit younger. Was she getting mm-hmm. Kirsten at the same time as you? Or was it like a rite of passage where she was going to get it? How did that work out? No, they would always get us everything at the same time to avoid any conflict (laughs) well you just did get a shirt that says favorite daughter on it and I was like what about Hillary did she get this as well she sure did (laughs) and that tradition is still going strong (laughs) well and it used to frustrate me too because I didn't like always getting the same things or like the same or like a different version of the same thing at the same time that's fair what was your collection like and your sisters with the dolls like were you getting outfits for each holiday what did your collection look like? My collection was, so it was just Felicity and Posey. And I had her, what was it? Her, did you say you had her Christmas outfit? I had her birthday outfit. Was her birthday outfit blue? That That's was her, her Christmas. Christmas gown. <laughs> so I might've had her Christmas gown. Stunning. It's a stunning piece of clothing. If I do say so. Is it the backstory? <laughs> is it velvet? It's, taffeta I believe or like a oh, the, I don't think I had that I must have had something different because I, I don't remember it being and maybe it was her her birthday outfit then her birthday outfit was the pink gown with the floral apron she did have one velvet outfit that maybe you're thinking of that was like a velvet riding outfit and maybe I'm imagining the color wrong unless this belonged to a different American girl doll and I just happened okay. to have it it sounds like it sounds like the birthday outfit which is one of the top tier American girl outfits of all time yes (laughs) what about Hillary was she collecting multiple outfits what was her experience like it was probably similar where she had probably you know the outfit that she came in and then an additional outfit for I don't know if she's gonna have a party (laughs) yeah it's kind of of funny but like as obsessed as I was with American Mm -hmm. girl and the catalog and the books, like, I don't remember like really wanting like to have the physical items. Like I found a lot of pleasure in just like having my doll and looking through the catalog of things that like I would want. I think we can all agree that the catalog was a huge driving force uh, for us in terms of creating like that cult following for mm-hmm. American girls. So Jenna, was the catalog something that you looked at like religiously, like it came every month or every quarter? I'm not sure what schedule they're on, but that you were looking through a lot or were you not as invested in the catalog overall? I think initially I was more invested, like down the line, maybe not as much so, but I remember looking forward to it. I looked through some catalog images that you two kindly shared. They really set up a scene. Like it was so well styled. It was. 
Lindsay and I have talked about like what would it be like to be like the American girl like prop stylist or like on the shoot like the day that they're like okay we're gonna shoot like Felicity's birthday vignette what is that gonna look like and how do we want to arrange it I agree with you they really they really like took very special care of like creating good little scenes in there right such an underappreciated art form seriously Jenna what were some of the items that you really wanted I think the thing that I really only wanted was Posey. (laughs) (laughs) You looked at the entire catalog and you were just like, just the lamb, please. I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm trying to remember now if there was anything else in particular, but like, not that I can remember now, but I know that like, that was the thing. I don't think I was given Posey right away. Like, I think that was like a second round gift. So that was the thing that really I was like, oh, Posey. It sounded like she should have been the first thing, like before Felicity, just get her the lamb. (laughs) Just get me the lamb. I think they, at one point, they had a whole bedroom set for Felicity. Oh, yeah. Big time. I I think that was something. Yeah, she had a canopy bed. bed. Yes. Like a serious bed. Like I wanted that. (laughs) Samantha's brass bed was something that I always coveted, but it was like very glamorous, right? Like you have the gold brass, the bed with these like big white fluffy linens with the bows uh, adorned onto Mm -hmm. it. But Felicity's bed was like a serious like recreation of like a 1700s bed. It was a canopy, but it wasn't a particularly like cute canopy. Like it had like heavy (laughs) draping on it. Very classic very American, like right. very like no, like very like sensible, like no frills, like right, pure and craftsmanship. It, and it had like I don't know if you guys remember this, but it had like that little like thing where you could like put the coal in and like put it under mm-hmm. the mattress so that it would like warm your feet back in the day, which sounds wow. like a massive fire hazard now. But- <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure like given American girls attention to detail that that really worked like (laughs) that you could put like tiny, tiny lumps of coal in there. Like warm your American girl towels, little feet. (laughs) Start a tiny fire. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Literally. Jenna, what about like any of the American girl today things? Because I know like I started out with a historical doll Lindsay had a historical doll you had a historical doll but sometimes like when flipping through you catch sight of those like girl of today pieces like the modern pieces and it's like hmm could Felicity have an ice skating outfit like did any of those (laughs) things catch your eye when you were going through the catalog I think when those came out I remember being very intrigued by them I mean, like, I would love to have one made of myself, but then I think that I was very much just like Felicity stuff is Felicity's. <laughs> like, I don't think I branched out. I would also get American Girl books that were like life advice. Yes, we love the life advice books. The yeah, the Karen keeping of you. So the one that I had was called the Big Book of Help. <laughs> the Big Book of Help. Yes, oh, I had that. I had that as well, Jenna, and that just unlocked a memory for me. Do you want to share what that was about? Wasn't it teenage self-esteem, like dating questions? Like, you know, like I like a boy in class. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that yeah. kind of the gist of it? Like self being like self-reliant. <laughs> yeah. I think I came out with a series of books that were really 
to transition girls from like childhood to like a young adult stage. And Mm -hmm. the care and keeping of you was definitely one of those, the help book. Absolutely. You said it, Jenna, like to be self-reliant and to like gain independence. And I had so many AG books, like aside Mm -hmm. from like the historic books, but those ones that were more focused on becoming a teen or like specific interests. Like I had one for crafting on a future episode, I'll pull some of those. Please. That's a good idea. Can I just say also, I I'm looking it up because I did not have this book and I didn't know anything about it, but now I'm having a recovered memory (laughs) of the magazine because it says that the content for the big book of help was called from letters sent into American Girl Magazine's help column, which I totally forgot that they had. I used to love reading the help column. I don't know if they have this in American Girl catalog, but I used to love embarrassing moments. Like that was Mm -hmm. always You still do. I still do. (laughs) That was always like my favorite section of like any any like teen magazine yes I wonder if those still exist in teen magazines today because those were like chef's kiss are either of you guys on reddit at all yes because that's like the 2021 (laughs) version of like a help column is like going on the reddit threads and like listening to people's (laughs) and sometimes like I look at people's problems and I'm like this is so stupid but I'm like still (laughs) reading it so invested yeah I want to know Seriously. Oh my God. I'm, I'm so into Reddit. I also love those TikTok videos of like, like people just reading like problems that people have that they post on Reddit directly. And it will like fool me every time thinking it's like mm-hmm. an actual like baker or like craft person that is having these issues. Oh, like, ah, right. Cause they're, again. they're just always reading it. Yeah. They're always reading it while like doing makeup or something. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah incredible yeah well that book sounds amazing I'm gonna have to see if I can like get that out of the library or something to look at because I want to like dive into those little help things and see like what they were at like what types of help people were asking for back then (laughs) because I remember the ones from the American Girl magazine being like very silly all right so Jenna you're a unique guest joining us today in the fact that you not only (laughs) (laughs) You not only read the American Girl series books, but you also wrote your own. And with you today is a (laughs) American Girl style diary that you wrote about a girl and her family traveling from Nebraska to California in the 1880s, which presumably is for the gold rush, but I could be wrong on that. Um, But you went into this in such detail and why... (laughs) I fully believe this is American Girl inspired for our listeners is that on the pages of this diary, there are little illustrations like documenting like key objects that are like (laughs) mentioned throughout the pages. And also it starts off with a true to AG portrait page with short descriptions of her family. So Jenna, why don't you take us through the plot a bit? All right. To preface a little bit. So I have kept a lot of journals over the years and many of them, I would write stories. And usually these stories would be in a composition notebook, or they would be in a journal that would have, you know, like flowers on it or birds. Like there's a certain aesthetic that I definitely kept consistent. And when I was looking through them, there's, there's probably between like at least more than 20 of them. 
And I was going through a box and I found this journal that didn't really fit in with the rest. It's yellow and it has script on it, but the script is pretty illegible. And then it has a, like a gold square that is stuck onto it that has an image of like a hand holding a quill. And so I was like, what, what is this? And I open it up and it's dated March 20th, 1880. And I wasn't <laughs> expecting to find this. I was I like, can't wait imagine, a second. I can't imagine like your initial reaction, like kind of maybe forgetting that this was a thing when you <laughs> open up a diary in your handwriting that says 1880. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was so perplexed. I was like, wait, this isn't like, I was expecting to open up something that's like, you know, like I'm in middle school and there's this boy that I like. And, you know, that was kind of like the typical, like we went out to dinner on Saturday and, you know, Aunt Judy came, but no, it was Dear Diary, March 20th, 1880. So this diary was given to our protagonist. Uh, Her name is Sarah Ann Peterson. And it was a gift from her grandfather for her 14th birthday. He would always tell her that her 14th birthday present would be a beautiful diary for her to keep her secrets in. And she says, I don't understand you diary. You hold secrets. You're a blank binded book, yet you hold the power of keeping secrets. And then it goes into, I wonder a lot. And that gets into how she talks about how her family started packing things up. And she doesn't really understand what's going on, um, but she feels like her life's being packed away. And then she introduces her family. She has two sisters and a brother, Isabel, who's five, Beth is 16, Jack is 19. Her parents' names are Elizabeth and Thomas. Before and... you go on, can you, <laughs> yeah. can you read a little bit about Isabel and what her, her descriptor says? Sure. Uh, so it says, this is Is- Isabel, my youngest sister. She still has a lot to learn. Well, actually, no, technically it says she stills has a lot to learn. I have to take care of her a lot. That is her kitten, Tulip. She's holding a kitten. And read what you say about yourself. So it says, (laughs) Sarah's uh, about me. (laughs) Well, this is me. Nothing in particular. It is hard to draw oneself, but I have done my best. (laughs) Nothing in particular. Just nothing in particular. So down on yourself, Sarah. <laughs> I know. Come on. This is all about uh, six. It's six months worth of diary, but in it's in total maybe like 14, 15 pages. So also too, I checked because I wanted to see like when you know travel by wagon went until in the United States, and it went to the 1880s, and it ended after the completion of the um, transcontinental railroad. And this is dated 1880s. Must have like done my research. I think you definitely researched this a bit because you also talked about traveling from like Nebraska to um, Utah to Colorado, like all of these states. And I looked at it on a map because I'm not familiar with like Western geography at all. And I'm like, oh, this is accurate. Um, I probably didn't even say it right just now. Yeah. I even noted it as being Utah territory. Like, oh my God, the attention to detail. (laughs) Then it goes into how her family They've been saving food, how father shot six turkeys and stuck them in an ice box because apparently they were, this family was able to have ice before anybody else in in the world. They had their own ice. Um, I snuck down to the ice box, which is underground. Yes, diary, underground. In our little wooden house, father dug and dug enough space for ice and food. So she creeps down and she overhears a conversation between her father and their neighbor. 
saying that Nebraska wasn't that far away from California and she cannot believe it. They're leaving. They're going to California. And she apologizes to the diary saying she has to stick her in her little wrapped up pillowcase bag because she needs to be prepared. And she also took the time to tie up her family's dog, Daisy, to a tree stump because she was worried that that Daisy would go exploring and won't come back for two days. I love how specific this is. Like you really (laughs) thought of every detail. I really did. And then that's when they start traveling. And I illustrated the covered wagon, um, which is, it has a white top. Um, The bottom looks like an open draw, meaning it's hollow, but square. So that ends in March, March 23rd, 1880. She doesn't write again until May 30th, 1880. Um, They're entering Utah territory. They left Colorado where it was pretty forested. Her little sister, Izzy, has been crying a lot. She's been sleeping on the blanket on the floor. Her mom cuts her hair. And then her sister, Beth, meets a a boy named Benjamin. And they decide they're going to get married, which is really exciting for them. And then there's some illustrations of the family horses, (laughs) whose whose names are Molly and Goldie. And one is a shiny chestnutty color. And the other just shines the color of gold. I'm, I'm assuming that's Goldie. Yeah. <laughs> that's Goldie. Um, I like the language that you used in this. Like it seems thanks. a little old fashioned, like shines the color of gold. Like there are certain <laughs> elements throughout this that were like very, like maybe like an old fashioned way of speaking, but you still brought such like a modern approach to it. <laughs> like there was like a specific call out that I had where you wrote, have you ever felt like something is never ending? That's how I feel. I've been in this covered wagon for at least 93 days now. There really isn't much to do. Moments like that where you brought it back to a relatable experience was very mm-hmm. American girl. Like from totally. a historic element that could still be relatable. And you could envision yourself on this rail to California. Oh, I'll have to, we'll have to pass that along to Sarah Ann Peterson. I think she would appreciate it to know that after all these years, her writing is still being appreciated. Oh my after God. Almost 150 years. Yeah. Her memory lives on. Oh, thank you so much. Obviously, like you spent a solid amount of time like writing in this diary as Sarah Ann Peterson, but like, where did you leave it and what like possessed you to end it? Um, was there anything specifically that you were like, all right, I think that the story is over or like, and, and how does, how does she fare? Like, does, does her family get to California? What ends up happening is they do, they make it to California and it's this really exciting moment. Everybody's happy. She feels right in California. Will you read that line where they enter California? I think that was really sweet. Yeah. So it's dated, it's August 26, 1880. Hi, hi, I'm in California. I just woke up and we were here. I turned to you first, diary. You are the first one I'd tell. Everyone has been rejoicing. <laughs> oh my God, like, why am I about to cry? That's so <laughs> sweet. It's fun talking about this because it, it almost feels like it's this out of body thing where not that like I feel out of body right now, but it's like that I was the the little person who wrote this. And like, what was I thinking about? You know, how did I make these decisions, these like decisions in language? Because some of it, like there's a part in the beginning where she talks about the color, I think of her, her, her favorite color. And yes, I wear a lot of blue. It is my favorite color. That is because it is the color of the sky. And I just find it so endearing. 
And in the end, she ties it all together. Like her last sentence is, um, I would just like to say, I love you, diary. You're more than a little binded blank book. You do keep secrets. And it's like, I, it was tied together. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That really wrapped itself up. That's it really did. Sweet. And I wish I could say like how old I was when I wrote it and like what, what like prompted it. I mean, I'm sure it was, you know, like American girl, but I wish that I knew like, she's so happy in their yard. There's a climbing tree in a bright green field with a pond. Like this reminds me, I don't know if you guys had this when we, when you were kids, but around the time I was in like second or third grade, we were always prompted to enter like essays or like little short stories to contests that were like either statewide or sometimes they were national but one mm-hmm. that I'm thinking of in particular was called the right away contest <laughs> and like so teachers would like give us a prompt and like submit on our behalf and like a couple times kids in my class would win but it's like it's I don't know it's funny to think of adults judging like seven-year-olds writing but this reminds me of like an amazing like contest submission that definitely like should have won it's so well written right? Thank you. I know I should have. And it was one of those things like I would write these stories and then keep them to myself because I had another that I found that was about a cat that was a wizard that was in one of my composition notebooks. But these were like I would just write them and then like put them away. I really like that you were so into creative writing like all throughout your life. And from this early age, you were writing such creative stories. And probably Mm -hmm. a lot of these that you wrote were like unprompted, like not in school just from knowing you over the years I think that's really special thanks you talking about this just reminded me of a story that I had to write in school that I think it was a Mayflower journey that my school actually like bound and put into a book I don't know if Mm. y'all had that it wasn't like a special thing it was just what one of the classes had done Mm -hmm. and I directly stole a scene from uh, American Girl and put it into <laughs> my book. What and scene? Yeah. Do you remember what it was? Yeah. It was Kirsten coming to America. I basically just like paraphrased that and put it into my coming to America on the Mayflower story, specifically Kirsten's relationship with Marta. I'm so, I'm so glad that we got a chance to do a deep dive on this diary because I feel like it's definitely got shades of American Girl and I think a lot of people will relate to like reading little stories like that or writing little stories like that probably not on the level that you did Jenna because that was incredible (laughs) thank Um, you but I think that like you know kind of like how we were saying before like I think a lot of inspiration for like things that we were like writing or reading at that time was taken from like those American Girl, Little House on the Prairie, Little Women, um, mm-hmm. Anne of Green Gables type books, like, because I feel like you can really hear it come through in the writing there, like just how impactful those types of stories are. I kind of touched on this before, but I don't know if I explained it that well. Like growing up, I, you know, like to be outside and get dirty and you know, do craft projects. And I remember other, like, like other kids in school and elementary school being like, you're not ladylike. Like you're, you need to act more this way. You need to act more that way. And something that I thought was really cool about Felicity's character was that that's what people said to her too. Granted, it was her family put a lot of pressure on her to act a certain way and to like fall into certain types of behavior that now I think 
people are more open to because it wasn't like my family, but like, you know, other students being like, you're not acting a certain way. And she went through that too. We're having people be like, you need to be more or be different than you are. And she, I felt like really embraced who she was. And that was the thing about like those characters that I really liked is that they embraced what made them different and creative and, and unique. And I think it was a positive influence for a growing child. Yeah. For the most part. I feel like that's such like an affirmation of your identity, like growing up, like seeing yourself in these characters that you can Mm -hmm. relate to, especially when things, you know, like you just said, like things that might make you different or that people are like specifically calling you out for, but having those characters to relate to, you know, so many of the American girl books, you know, they're some, some stories are lighthearted, but a lot of them touch on hard topics and, I think that is such like a relatable aspect of them and like why they really draw people in and have such a lasting impression. And kind of on that note, Jenna, you, Mm -hmm. you kind of just touched upon it, but we always like to end each episode with our guests to ask them what lasting impression did American girl have on you? And (laughs) I would love to hear if you have any other thoughts on this. Um, Yeah, it was don't brush out your curls. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god truly <laughs> so yeah you know how felicity had those little like pin curls around her face yes one day i brushed them out and you know what they were never the same after that and i've learned that about i you know like you two both working at amica like i learned that you know my hair is curly don't brush it like take a shower <laughs> comb it in the shower and then it, it's just like you know when you get out don't brush it and I think some of that was inspired by how I ruined Felicity's pin girls. Jenna, I could literally go on for hours <laughs> and have probably to Lindsay at this point about how they need to disclaim in the catalog or when you get your doll that you you really shouldn't change the hairstyle at all yeah. from its original it's just it's just not a good idea and when they show the doll with like other hairstyles they're misrepresenting it because as soon as you take out that braid or that ponytail or that bun it's over it's all over here here and I don't know if American Girl doll stores existed at the time I remember my mom being like oh we need to we need to get that fixed I mean it never got fixed because I think now can like you take your doll to the store and will they like repair your doll's hair and stuff? Yeah. Yes. Now they have like an in-store <laughs> salon, but at the time of us growing up, I think there was like the store in Chicago had just opened, but mm-hmm. aside from that, like to get the hair fixed, you would have to full on send her to the hospital. And that seems- it was a medical, <laughs> a, medical <laughs> a medical issue. <laughs> Wait, so Jenna, uh, you're noting this with Felicity, but tell us about your sister and Kirsten. Did she let those braids go or did she keep those intact? No, she kept like pristine care of her American Girl doll down to like <laughs> her hair being styled as it was meant to be. Whereas I'm the one who's like, let me take this, let me take my hairbrush to it and see. Wow. Oh, and Kirsten gosh. had to- so much more potential for the brushing out of hair disaster. You even see it in the catalog. Kirsten's birthday story shows her with her braids down and just like a fluffy nest. Not a good look for her. Yeah. (laughs) Not her best. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the after effect. Like if you take down her braids, this is what she's going to look like. That is that, that, uh, vignette of Kirsten's birthday with the 
braids brushed out is a cautionary tale. I think that <laughs> they were trying to tell us something there. Right. There was someone working on set that day being like, we can't explicitly say it, but let me just show you what it will look like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they snuck it in. <laughs> exactly. They were like, we need to let people know somehow. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I love that we're ending on a nice light note. Shall we get into our games to wrap it up? Let's do it. All right. So Jenna, our previous episodes have been doing a memory test with our guests for the secondary characters and all of the historical books. But Laura and I have realized that this is a little bit of a challenge for most guests. And (laughs) while Laura and I were able to get like all of these perfectly and could probably name like any obscure character in the book, (laughs) we're going to spare you. And instead we're going to do a little quiz called which American girl doll are you? So (laughs) there are no right or wrong answers here. And I'm going to read these Yes. We have nine questions. All right. Then we'll see who your true character is. Yes. Dope. Let's make this a little fun. What character do you think you're going to get? I want to say Felicity because she was my favorite. All right. (laughs) But I'll probably get Molly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Amen to that. (laughs) Right. Molly's great though. All right. So Jenna, when people meet you, what's the first thing they notice that you're bursting with awesome ideas, that you have an amazing attitude, all things considered that you seem super, super eager to do favors for people. You're a little spoiled, but you feel bad about it. You say, sorry, a lot, even for things you shouldn't be apologizing for, or that you're willing to befriend anybody. Why not? Right. Um, probably that I'm willing to befriend anybody. (laughs) Adelines. All right. Who is your celebrity crush? Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World, Harry Styles, Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy, Ryan Gosling, or Paul Rudd? Oh, this is so hard. If I'm going to do like an original crush, it would be Ryder Strong, but also like Harry Styles. Yes. Paul Rudd. Absolutely. I mean, I'll do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do Ryder Strong because he came before all of them. Perfect. What do you need to get better at? Not letting people walk all over you, to be more humble, not immediately going through with all your dumb ideas, <laughs> not, <laughs> not trying to help out people so much, especially if they don't need it, how to turn down an offer without seeming like a jerk, that moving forward is always better than living in the past. Well, damn, I feel like <laughs> personally pointed out here that moving forward is always better than living in the past. <laughs> Snap. All right. Pick an animal. A lamb is not one of these. All right. Terrier, <laughs> terrier, canary, purse dog, horse, <laughs> adorable defenseless kitten, or goat? Horse. <laughs> I like right. this is horse exclamation, exclamation point, exclamation point, one, one, one. Truly. And if any of our listeners want to take this, this is a BuzzFeed quiz from 2013. The pictures no longer load on it, but it's fine. All right, Jenna, what thing surprises you the most? How people could get away with being so rude all the time when a crazy idea you have actually ends up working out when you try to do favors for people and they don't really turn out the way you planned, (laughs) how cruel could people could be when you can't get the things you need, even when it's incredibly reasonable. And lastly, why can't people just get along? Why can't people just get along? Why can't they? Yeah. (laughs) 
How do you celebrate your birthday? I have birthdays, garden party, lots of fancy pastries, <laughs> lots of glam. You've invited one direction who you are sure will come and perform. Someone else was having a dance party that night. So you figure you'll go ahead and just appropriate that as your own birthday party. Quiet, understated, ladylike. <laughs> <laughs> having a birthday and spending the whole time trying to make sure that everyone gets along. I guess the last one. All spending right. the whole time having a party, making sure everyone gets along. But everyone does get along. But I'd want people to like meet each other and befriend one another. So I guess that. Yeah. All right, pick a print. Argyle, checkered, <laughs> rose, blue with red flowers, pink, oh. with white, pink with white stripes, or multicolored stripes. Blue with red flowers all the way. How far would you be willing to go to save the day? <laughs> <laughs> I would put gross things down people's shirts if it meant I could keep them from getting what I want. I would go somewhere I shouldn't be, but then I would do some amazing feat to save my own ass. I would steal things from bears because YOLO. Oh my God. This is so 2013. Um, I would chase, I would chase after thieves, but not before changing the life of my school bully. I would ride my horse through a storm. I would sneak out of my house at night. I want to pick, I would put gross things down people's shirts. <laughs> that's hilarious what scenario do you think you could save the day by putting something gross down someone's shirt I don't know maybe someone like harassing someone on the subway just put something gross down their shirt creating a diversion of some kind yeah <laughs> don't, don't retaliate don't get violent like just put like garbage down someone's shirt well, like imagine you're that's standing there and, you, and someone takes like a piece of like ham and just like sticks it down the back of your shirt or just, like, <laughs> on your back. And it's like a piece of like deli meat. Like you wouldn't expect that. That would probably no. like, not that all deli meats are gross, but it would be like an old slimy deli meat. It would be a poorly maintained deli meat. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last question here. What's the biggest change you've experienced recently? You finally figured out what to do with your hair. You started letting people in. You repaired a bad relationship. Everything because this was your year. Nothing because everything you touch turns to crap. You stopped <laughs> letting <laughs> you stop letting the negative people in your life control all your feels. The last one. Hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love this. All right, Jenna, you got Josefina. Ooh. Let me just read you some snippets of this. Yeah. You're, fr you're friends with everybody. In fact, <laughs> you're the friend who is friends with a lot of different people who don't really get along. So you spend a lot of time putting out fires. Oh, wait, I'm reading this in too optimistic what? of a voice without reading it before. Now I'm like, did I not pick the right answers? <laughs> All right. Because everyone gets along. We're, we're going to skip ahead. We're going to skip ahead. Also, okay. you, tend, you tend to be super nostalgic for an idealized time in the past, which never really existed. But Ooh. But that's only because you think the best of everyone and everything. Oh, my heart. That's sweet. That's Laura, therapeutic. You also, got, you also got Josefina. I got yeah. Josefina too. And honestly, Jenna, are you a cancer? So I was just going to ask you if you were a water sign. I'm a Pisces. No, I'm a Leo, but I do feel like oh. I have some like Josefina like traits because Josefina... 
I always like see listed in like these like fun articles that people are coming out with about American Girl as being like the Mm -hmm. cancer of all the dolls because she's like very intuitive. She's very sensitive to other people's feelings. Um, So I'm a Leo tried and true, but I do like want everybody to like me and I want everybody to like get along. And I think that's maybe Mm -hmm. why I got that result. But it sounds like it sounds like you are a very like sensitive and intuitive person. So I think this checks out. Yeah. And you know, too, I am a cancer moon. So there there is, yeah. I wonder what, do you know what your um, moon and your rising are? Leo sun, Leo moon, Libra rising. Ooh, Leo true and true. Wow. I thought you were going to say Leo rising, like a triple. So did I. I got real excited. Yeah. (laughs) Lindsay, what are you? Leo sun. Leo sun, Scorpio Sagittarius. Sagittarius rising. Yeah, that's it. I knew you had a Sag in there. Mm-hmm. Double fire signs for both of us, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. I'm triple water. I'm um, Pisces, Cancer Moon, and then I'm a Scorpio rising. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. I yep. love that. That's, that's definitely a Josefina for you. Okay, so Jenna, you answered some questions for us before we uh, sat down to chat. And one of those questions was, who are your favorite celebrities? So Mm -hmm. now what I'm going to do is name two celebrities and you're going to tell me which doll you think they would have and why. And then Lindsay and I can decide if we think that it's a fit, but this is a very subjective game. So we'll start with... Stevie Nicks, one of your favorite celebrities. Who do you think that Stevie Nicks would have as a doll and why? I know I keep mentioning Felicity because her personality is the one that I'm most familiar with, but I do actually think she would have Felicity. Mm. The whole thing with how Felicity really went by the beat of her own drummer. Like, I know she loved riding horses and like was really into like standing up for herself and for her beliefs. And I just think that aligns with Stevie Nicks as being like a strong woman, a strong female figure. I agree with you 100%. I don't think that there's any doll other than Felicity that would have aligned as strongly as Stevie Nicks because Mm -hmm. it's like a very independent, very like self-aware type. And I think that that all aligns with Stevie for sure. Get Stevie a doll. I feel like she would love an American oh. girl doll. Let's like, let's send her one. Let's get her one of the vintage Felicities. Yeah. <laughs> like, and let's get her on the pod. We'll introduce her to the oh. book. We'll introduce her to the books and then she can be a guest on the pod. <laughs> what, that would be a dream. Please include me on that episode. <laughs> yes. You'll, you'll, you'll just be like yeah. in the background listening. Just giggling and crying of joy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, so then next up, we were talking about how it is, in fact, Meg Ryan season right mm-hmm. now. We are recording in winter of 2021, just in case any of our listeners want to know when Meg Ryan season is. It's the fall winter. But Meg Ryan was listed as one of your favorite celebs, and I'd mm-hmm. love to hear who you think Meg Ryan would have as a doll. So there's something about Meg Ryan that since I've gotten really into all of the Nora Ephron films, like there's something about her that is just like so approachable, which leads me to think she would pick Josefina because I, I would see her being like, I imagine Josefina being really warm, like, and 
like emotional, like emotionally sensitive. And that's how I would imagine Meg Ryan to be. Mm-hmm. Or I could see her honestly with a Molly. <laughs> okay. Thank you for saying that because I, I like the answer of Josefina because I think you're definitely touching on like a lot of important like sensitivities that she has. But I think that like Meg Ryan in her movies seems to get herself into these little like foibles and that's very, mm-hmm. <laughs> very Molly-esque. <laughs> yeah. Like quirky, right. maybe like a little bit neurotic. <laughs> exactly. In a very endearing way. That totally aligns. Like any, I don't know what her- her personality is like outside of her movies I imagine mm-hmm. she's really down to earth and warm and sweet kind of like the characters that she plays and that totally aligns with the Molly well I Jenna I think we can say that you're two for two on the celebrity yes. American girl game I love getting a subjective game right because I feel like that's <laughs> no easy task <laughs> it's not it's not <laughs> well jenna thank you so much for joining us today you are so wonderful to chat with and loved reminiscing with you please let everyone know where they could find you first off thank you so much to both of you for having me this was so much fun it was so good to talk to you both and so if people want to find me i'm on instagram at jennafarian or i'm also on twitter at legenerice (laughs) one (laughs) wonderful we will find you jenna (laughs) please find me (laughs) and for the listeners we will be sharing excerpts of jenna's or i should say sarah ann peterson's diary (laughs) on our instagram so make sure to follow us at american girl women Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.